Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe Kay, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hit Parade Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Joe Kay, alongside Tom Hughes. Pat's here. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. We're great. Um, we're a little more. Let's see. Last time we left you guys, we were a little tired because we just got through with the national. And uh, I don't know. I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling wide awake. Uh, feeling you got good. that rock star. Well, that, that's helping. That's helping too. We are not sponsored by them though, so we're not supposed to say their name on air. But thanks anyway, Tom. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, how are things going? How are things going in your world, Patrick? I know you're itching to get out of here. Yeah, well, got a little bachelor party this weekend. My bachelor party this weekend. That's right. Where, uh, where you headed, bud? Pittsburgh. Gonna go to a Pirates game. They're playing the Reds, right? Yeah, you're going to watch some L.A. Cruz versus the Pirates. I wish O'Neill Cruz was playing. So many cruises. So many cruises. Yeah. Then just, you can tell people you're going on a cruise. Yeah, oh, that would be great. That's the worst way we could have opened this. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. I'm super excited. Going to have a great time with the guys. Uh, Are you more excited for the bachelor party or the wedding? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bachelor it's party, It's going to be both, yeah. <laughs> the, the, old, the old answer, if you get asked again, is no comment. Yes. I kind of gave that. <laughs> Just I commented for you. That's right. It's fine. Now, Tom, how are things going in your world, bud? Uh, it's a little crazy. Uh, the wife had ACL surgery two days ago. Um, so adjusting to that, luckily everything went well. Um, no meniscus tear or anything else, just the ACL. So a little bit more straightforward recovery for her. Does she have a bell at home where she rings it when she needs you? She had that anyway. <laughs> Thomas, chop, chop. Yeah, it's just a little louder now. Yeah, yeah, I got you. No, but she, she's doing pretty good. Um, the kids are adjusting pretty well. I was a little worried that they were going to, like, not take it well um, because my wife is basically just uh, useless on the couch right now. But, hey. Yeah, good thing she doesn't listen to this. But break. listen, I'm useless on the couch most of the time, so we're just trading spots yeah, for a that's couple all days. Very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to switch roles for a week. How many how many meals have you made so far? Um, Ordering two. doesn't count. Two. <laughs> What'd you make? I made, like, French dip sandwiches. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't think, all right. And then the, oh other, the other one was just... Uh, Dino nugs. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I grilled. I grilled up some hot dogs, hamburgers. Nice. All right, all right. Hey, you know, Look that's, at you. Son, that was a dad making, making, Tom the adult. Yeah. Coming right through. I making uh, some some pizza toast tonight. That was, that was <laughs> oh, the big day tonight. So nice. Got some, got some French bread and, yeah. Oh. Man, oh you get God. you you know what? A couple things. I didn't give you enough credit right there. You deserve I, some more credit. I can make like he gets seven. credit for pizza toast. Get no, out for, here. for the French dip. Well, yeah, the French true. dip was like, nice. I can make like seven things. So after after a week, we're be in trouble because <laughs> it's like <laughs> running out. I won't have anything new. We're but just gonna <laughs> run it back next week. Monday's Monday. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. So yeah. Anyway, sports are just flying. Um. I can't really say baseball's in the home stretch yet because I think everybody has like fifty games left or something. But sure. things are getting interested. We're we're past the uh, trade deadline and. Uh, one of the acquisitions for that trade deadline did something very special last night. Pitch, you want to talk about it? It was Michael Lorenzen. What did uh, he do? He was traded from the, the Tigers to the Phillies and threw a no-hitter last night. Beautiful. Absolutely tremendous. Very hard to do. It doesn't count, though, against the Nats, because I feel like that's yes. like a triple-A team. It still counts. <laughs> Absolutely still counts. I've seen I've seen worse teams get no-hit, and you just got to love it as a pitcher. I mean, it's a, it's amazing feat. It's the... The next best feat besides a perfect game from a pitcher's aspect. Yeah, you have to love when a team makes a trade at the deadline, especially like the Phillies, because for most of the year they were struggling. Decided, hey, we're we're feeling a little bit better ourselves. We're getting healthy. Let's make a run. They go get a guy, and for him to do that, because so many times you get trade acquisitions and they don't mesh with the team, they don't fit in, and for him to step out 
um, and throw a no-no pretty much right away is great. Yeah, not a lot of strikeouts either. Just kind of he was just saying in his interview after the game, you know, didn't have a lot of strikeouts, but I just got lucky where the ball was falling. And sometimes it's all that really matters is you just got to get lucky. Now, something like this for a player who I don't think there was any real interest in for his cards and stuff. Does one no hitter like bump him up into like, hey, maybe I want to get some and hold on to it? Inflates the price for like a day or whatever. So it definitely inflates the price for a day. I'm I'm sure I haven't looked yet, but I'm sure on eBay there's tons of his autographs up for auction today. If people yeah. are trying to kind of take advantage of the situation, he is young enough, and he came from a market with the Tigers where he doesn't get a lot of pub uh, to a bigger market with the Phillies. So there might be a couple people thinking, "Hey, you know, I've, I've liked this guy for a while. They they're going to make a run probably to the playoffs or probably be a wild card team." And maybe I hold on to him and maybe he pitches well in the playoffs and maybe I can make a little bit of money. Um, but it, it's tough for guys that don't have a lot of high-end stuff to start to really make that big jump. Would he have to have like a Cliff Lee type final to this to his season Just, to kind of get that value up? Because he had a really good Cliff Lee with the Phillies. I love I, I love the parallel the there. Yeah. Um the, the tough thing is pitchers just don't carry as much value as hitters. Um right. Unfortunately, as we see in this this day and age with pitchers, it feels like every three to five years, people are getting Tommy John surgery uh, in their career. So it's hard to build that momentum up. But that being said, there's there's exception to every rule. Mm-hmm. And there is a chance this guy takes off. Lorenzen says, hey, I found my home here. Let's do this. And he gets value. But it, it, it is difficult to do. It is, it's hard to make that jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. But like you said, um, the Phillies decided to go for it after a rough start. Now they find themselves actually, um, they're in the first wild card spot. They're up by three and a half games. They're playing very, very well. Um, they're doing well. There's a lot of teams doing well. Uh, any any specific ones you want to chat about, Bud? There's a, there's a softball if I've ever seen one. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> it's not a bird, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is my Orioles. Um, just they're the best team in the AL East right now, and you know. The Rays started with like a 10-game lead on everybody, and they just kind of slowly chipped away, chipped away. Um, They are playing really good baseball. They did make a minor acquisition acquisition at the deadline. Mm -hmm. It's close. You tried your best. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just a young team coming together. I think it's about a year earlier than I think most people expected. Mm. Uh, But it's great to see. Uh, I love that. And the second thing I love is seeing the Yankees at the bottom of the barrel there at the division. But look at look at that AL East. Every team with a winning record. If you were to take the six best teams in the AL, I think you'd almost make an argument that all five in the AL East make it. Um, I think Texas and Houston are probably the other two that would probably bump one of them out. Probably. But you're looking at a great division, top to bottom, and you know who knows. I never would have guessed the Orioles being in this position. At this point of the season, I know it's sometimes like they, they have like where they jump each other throughout the season and then they'll go down to the bottom then come back up and go down to the bottom. They have been in the top half all season long and have finally made their move. I think they got a great pitching staff. They have great young batters. I mean, the last two years, they've had two of the biggest prospects and oddly, uh, oddly Rushman and Gunnar Henderson and Gunnar's absolutely killing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their big thing is the bullpen and that's, you know, sometimes year to year, that's the hardest thing to predict because if someone who anyone who plays fantasy sports knows you get a draft a closer and then you hope that he makes it the whole year. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Rivera don't come along very often. 
but they have a really, really good bullpen. Um, they've got good enough starting pitching, and they have a really deep young lineup that's been clutch. And you get get these teams, these young teams that build build on the momentum. They build on that confidence, and they start rolling, and that's kind of how I feel they are right now. For sure. And like we've said, I mean, we've talked about the Orioles a couple times on this podcast already. Like, they're the perfect team that I think the hobby would want to catch fire because everything you just said, they have young batters that are doing well. I mean, there's pitching too, but even though you just mentioned pitchers don't get as much love as in the hobby, but young guys who are popping off all over the place, it kind of doesn't matter which Oriole you invested in. It's working out for you. And yeah, I guess they're ahead of where we thought they'd be, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that happens sometimes in sports, just everybody's clicking at the right time. And it's, it's great. Do you as an Oriole fan fear that this is just like, I don't want to call it a flash in the pan type thing, but do you feel like the wheels might fall off this season? Yeah. So I, I think when it comes down to the playoffs, I think they're definitely gonna make the playoffs. Now it's going to be tough when you're going against some of these teams that have those top line pitchers. The Orioles have a bunch of guys that have pitched well, but if you're talking a game seven, there's not a guy in that, that, rotation that I'm like Dean Kramer baby. he's gonna go win the game <laughs> give me like, Dean Kramer you know I he's think, on my team <laughs> yeah I think we talked about it last podcast when we talked about it might have been before that about the Angels they made a push they went to get it get some people to, to go around Otani well womp, womp. Mm-hmm. yeah they're 10 and a half out uh but you have the Astros they got Verlander back you have a guy who's been there you have Texas who has now Scherzer mm-hmm. um you just don't necessarily have that one guy that say hey He's going to go in, pitch seven innings, and, and make a ball game for right. us. Yeah, those are, game those are some big-name pitchers. Because you imagine if you had them both on the same team, you'd be killing it. Oh, be yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so you as an Oriole fan have said, like, next year you really feel like is going to be your year. Watching this year, are you kind of thinking about moving that needle back to this year and be like, okay, well, maybe we should – maybe it should be this year now that we're in the position we're in because next year could – you could be tarnished with injuries next year. You could have – a bunch of things happen right now. Seems like the opportunity where a lot of people are like, ah, maybe next year, take advantage right now. So take advantage right now. So that exact conversation had to happen in the GM's office 25 times in the Orioles going to the trade deadline. Hey, we're the best team in the AL. Do we trade some of these young guys? And cause this might be our best opportunity. Or do you stay the course and say, Hey, we have all these young guys. They're yeah. all going to be in their prime in a few years. Let's stay with it and be really good for the next 10 years mm-hmm. and hope to win one. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a tough, I'm saying tough like thing. Pushing your hopes to next year when you guys are in such a driver's seat right now, I feel like can be detrimental. I mean, you, like I said, you don't know what's going to happen next year. Some guys might retire. Some guys don't want to play or get hurt. Well, they're all like 24, so I hope no one retires. But, but there's, believe I'm I know 24-year-olds that tear ligaments. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we got them in the office. Yeah, but we literally got them but in it's, the office. But it's, it's one of those things like, you know, I think we, as Bills fans in, in Buffalo, you say, hey, would you trade one year of Josh Allen winning the Super Bowl and then you guys being terrible for the next year to win one Super Bowl? And you get – you get. Honest. Well, it's not. I, you get you have that side where you say, you know what, I'd rather be good for 10 years than a guaranteed one Super Bowl. And I don't want to know that person. And I'm I'm old enough where I watched four straight Super Bowl losses. I remember each one of them. I would trade a lot of people in my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Situations. <laughs> a lot of situations, a lot of things to to win a Super Bowl. Um, so absolutely. It's I'd it's willing to be terrible for the next 20 <laughs> years to win one Super Bowl. I, 
do you think anyone in the Rams are upset right now that they traded away all those picks, but they won a Super Bowl? No, no, absolutely not. It worked it's out. You win. Them. You got the you know the winning Flo- takes care of everything. Going back to Florida Marlins did this twice, where they it's got true. really really good. They won World Series and then they traded everybody away and said, "Okay, we're going to rebuild again." Worked out. Like I said, they don't care. I mean, they're still in the process of rebuilding since that last one. When was the last one? Like oh nine or some shit. When was it? Something like that. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. So they're still waiting, but they're also they also find themselves in a wild card spot too. Um, you did say something interesting earlier before we got a little bit off topic. Uh, you had mentioned how if you take the top six teams in the league, um, it'd be most of the AL East teams and then Texas and Houston. So that brought up a question that we were talking about off air before we got started here. Do you really like divisions? Because like I think personally, I think it's terrible that something like the Minnesota Twins are could be theoretically win their division, get guaranteed a playoff spot, but maybe would finish sixth in the AL East if things work out the right way. I kind of like it better almost, weird, this is what we were saying, if we were going back to the old school ways where everybody was just in the same league, everybody played each other the same amount of times, and they just took the top uh, seven, six, seven teams from that, and that's who made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of liked it better that way instead of saying, well, this team is definitely not better than maybe three or four other teams, but they're going to make the playoffs. You right. know? I kind of don't think, I know that divisions matter because of like travel and that's mostly why they exist, but I don't know. These teams make so much money anyway. It doesn't really matter that much. No, yeah. So they could, they could figure out a way to make that work. So you're, you know, you're going on your West coast swing or whatever you want to call it. So I don't think divisions they don't go are on the West coast, East coast. They do it anyway. doesn't matter where they land. In my so I kind of think from. one, one whole league is still better than just take the best six teams every year. How do you feel? So I say, but you see this in all, in all sports. You know, a few years ago we had a seven and nine team win the NFC South or yeah the AFC South because those teams seem to be bad. I I like the divisions. I like to have that kind of thing that you're playing for within your own division. There, mm-hmm. what I would change though is I think whoever is the higher, whoever has a better record should get the home game. Um, I remember years ago when the Saints lost to the Seahawks on the infamous. Marshawn Lynch, the beast mode run, beast mode run when he jumped in the end zone. (laughs) The thing Um, is, I'm going to cut you off quick. I feel like you're comparing apples to oranges, though, when you do football and baseball. Football, I get because you're playing everybody in your division twice and there's less games, et cetera, et cetera. For baseball, playing a thousand games. So it doesn't matter like as much as like every game in the NFL matters. Like if you blow an easy one, quote unquote, easy one. It really matters. In baseball, there's like like we said, the Rays started off mega hot. Now they've come back a little bit to earth. You know, the Phillies suck. Now they're coming, you know, they're coming back to the pack or whatever. Because there's so many more games in baseball, I don't think the divisions in that sense matter as much of rivalries and all this jazz. Everybody's gonna hate each other anyway if they're playing the same amount of games. And if they're playing 162, you might as well just have one one division and have the, the best six go. Yeah, I said I. I still think I like the divisions, but I think the team with the better record should get the home game. I see. It that's like- that's my my thing. So if the Rays are the wild card and they're the top wild card, and they're end up playing the Twins or whatever it is, the the Twins shouldn't be the home team. They have a worse record, right? Just because they won their division, that that should be nothing to right. me. The team with the better record should get the home field advantage. Okay, that helps because part of the part of the issue is. Other teams are being punished because of bad, like, teams that aren't their fault. Like, in this in this scenario, you know, not that these teams aren't trying to win or anything, but the Royals aren't good, the White Sox aren't that good, the Tigers aren't that good, Cleveland's not that good. It's kind of like, like T- TCU and the FBS. Like, I see the Minnesota Twins 
in a very similar situation. Because of those divisions that have happened, they were able to kind of get to the big dance. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But, like, you get into the big dance with a team like Minnesota, and they go up against the team like the Braves. There's just no – there's there's the the talent level is just so different. So should they actually be in there? That I guess that that's what it comes down to. And and let's be honest, in baseball, there's no salary cap. So being in the AL East is usually a tough place to be because you have Boston and the Yankees that are usually two of the top three, four spending teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. So if you're a smaller market team, what the Rays are able to do year in, year out with a smaller salary mm-hmm. um, is it, incredible. Like you said, it comes down to pitching too. Like right now, like in play or when you get into playoffs, pitching matters. Pitchers, yeah. Pitching matters way more than – than it does in the regular season. And I'd be curious in the central, are any of those teams probably in the top half for, for salaries? Probably not. Probably not. I don't think so, so like you're playing in a, it's, it's not a level field because of that. Yeah. You have better talent. It's like having guys at TCU versus having yeah. guys at Ohio state. Like you're going to have, you're playing on the same field, but that talent level is very different. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what else do we have to talk about here? Baseball before we wrap Speaking up? of the O's. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about their, uh, their most recent suspension. Yeah. I, as good, as good as the Orioles have been on the field, they've been not as good off of the field. Um, one incident, one yeah, incident. But it's, <laughs> but it's, it matters. It's, recur- it's semi-recurring incident. Um, what is it? Orioles broadcaster, Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown. Yes. Really good guy. Um, from what from everybody said, <laughs> how many times you met him? Uh, thirty. Anyway, <laughs> you know how many Kevin Browns there are? Uh, I actually <laughs> at one point I got mixed up. I thought it was the pitcher Kevin the pitcher Brown. Kevin Brown. I, was right. like, I like Kevin Brown. Was I remember him. him. Yeah. Oh, this. Long story short, um, he was just doing his normal broadcast stuff and pointed out that the Orioles have more wins against the Rays in Tropicana this year than they have the last couple seasons. Yeah, not even pointed it out. Yeah, it was a it was it's a fact. This it is was what it text. is. It was on the screen. He was just reading. Yeah, from the TV. And for some reason, whatever the problem is with Orioles <clears throat> management, uh, they decided to suspend him for that. Like he was speaking ill of the team instead of listing facts. Needless to say, the Internet blew up against them. It looked it's such a terrible look. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no reason to suspend him. He didn't do anything. He didn't come out and say, yeah, we were sucking ass for the longest time. No, mm-hmm. it was just he literally was just listing facts and being like, hey, it's interesting that we're doing better now. We're doing good. Yeah. And that apparently was too much for Orioles brass or whatever the hell they are. Um <clears throat> The Angelos. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny, though, because I guess I was reading up. They did this like 25 years ago or something, too, where they they didn't like what uh, their announcer was saying. So they fired him right away. You're talking about, his play, about the player, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, or players. I couldn't remember what it was specifically, but that guy ended up going to play. I think he just immediately got hired by the Giants and he's been their play by play guy for the last you know 25 years. And That's he's awesome. one of the more heralded guys in, yeah. in baseball for that. So I don't know what it is. Um it's kind of shitty. Like that's just what it is. It's Absolutely a lowbrow. I don't understand it. That's just, I. It's such. I, I LDE. No, is nobody what it is. Can, nobody understands it in the sports world. You ask every announcer for every team. Even I mean, there's some guys on ESPN who have their own podcast. <laughs> right. who are just like I'm waiting for this guy to say something about creed, religion, race, anything, and there's nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. So I. It's just a bunch of people in the office who got butt hurt. That they pointed out the fact that they were zero and fifteen, and forever how long at the Tropicana Field? But that's they do who that cares? every sport. The 
the people mentioning the Bills lose four Super Bowls in a row. Do you think the Bills are going to oh, go out and be oh, like, hey, oh, you're out yeah, of here. Well, you're you're going to be suspended. Listen, before the Bills broke through the suit and won the, made the playoffs, how long would every year be like, well, it's been 17 years. It's been 19 years. It's been we 107 years since. Um, listen, I love the Orioles. I will defend them to my last. I am not a fan of the ownership, and this is just a terrible look. Um, and they should everyone in that organization who had any part of the, the decision to do this should be embarrassed right now. Yeah, I, I want the Orioles to do well. Like having a season where kind of the roles are flipped almost, like the scripts, like the, the standings are flipped completely, and you have the Orioles at the top. I want you to do good because having this different diversity in New playoffs is, always is so much better always than better. just constantly having, even though I'm a Yankee fan, constantly having the Yankees in there. Like you want to see different players shine, and it helps the industry. This this might be a dumb question, but I you've been in this card industry a lot longer than I have. Could something like this, and I mean, or even worse than this, where like management does something really dumb or heinous or whatever, could that affect the card prices of the players on the team? Or is that going to be completely separate? Have you ever seen anything like that? I can't think of anything because I'm like, I'm thinking back of like the Clippers. When the Clippers yeah, owners. Donald Sterling is just out hating every, yeah, everything. Just hating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, such a terrible human and I, and I can't really think that there was anybody on that team that had a negative impact on their value. Maybe if someone came out and said, I stand by ownership for what That's they did, fair, yeah, then maybe they put the target on their back. But I think this is so far removed from the individual player um, that it doesn't really affect anything. All right. Just ask him. That's what, it's, that's what we're here for. Patrick's going to the list. I guess we're up next with the NFL is 27 Football. days away. Football. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm really excited All for right. it. Preseason games kind of kicked off. There was a Hall of Fame game. What a week ago? Yeah, today it kicks off. What two more games are today, and then yeah, it's just basically every day is going to be some random preseason game. Yeah. Uh, Bills play Saturday, once they do, be very exciting. But uh, everything's happening. Like we're getting ready for it. We're we're drafting guys. Uh, you know, you're doing your leagues. You're at least trying to get a date together so you can do your draft. But uh, other than that, I mean, preseason's fun. It's it's exciting just to like have people back on the field, even though the games don't really matter. So I guess the at question all. begs, like, if they don't matter at all. I mean, th- you know what? You can't say they don't matter at all because they matter to some players. You know, yeah, some players yeah, are absolutely. trying to get their, their spots. But for us, do you care? Absolutely. Why? Um, so this will be kind of a fantasy slash card value um, thing. Answer. Okay. Because <laughs> a- answer. Because because people that is the podcast. people have their guys. People have their guys that they've invested in, whether it be drafting in Dynasty Leagues, which I know a lot of them have already done. I'm about half my my Dynasty Leagues have drafted. Uh, or people invested in players that, hey, I really – this is the guy I like. This is the guy I want to invest in. This is the time where they can kind of show who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guarantee you there are going to be a ton of people watching Bryce Young play his first game and take his first snaps because they invested in him either fantasy or in the card industry. Um same thing with with Will Levis, who people might be like, hey, he's the guy I think is going to be the guy down the road. Um, you have a ton of rookie receivers this year that could make a difference. Some really good rookie receivers. I'm really so, excited for this year. That's the thing. And then you have you know your, your post-hype sleepers. And that's where in the card industry sometimes you can really do well is find guys that were supposed to do good, didn't really pan out right away. Right. Um, values drop. 
and then you go and buy them up and then they they take off and then all of a sudden it was like wow look at all that look at look at look at this guy now his values double triple quadruple and you can make a ton of money on those guys kind of with their second second jump there mm-hmm. no absolutely i i'm on kind of the other end of the spectrum where i oh. could not care less and one of the reasons because when you talk about games now it was like yeah but it's preseason he threw for three yeah but it's preseason it doesn't hold value and i can't remember the last time like a player who was projected not to do that well went into preseason like oh my gosh this guy's incredible because they, they don't report on that because everybody treats it as preseason it is what it is i think you can get the same looks doing a inner team scrimmage at their stadium without all that media and find out who your guys are rather than go through all that preseason stuff, in my opinion. Um, I know you're still kind of playing the games, but it's on a, a, a wider scale, I guess. It's more, it's more personal than rather than figuring out, like having uh, Bryce Young take four snaps and be like, oh, that was good. Nice. You did a great job out there. Yeah, I guess. I think the answer very clearly lies in between what both of you are saying. I mean, you're right. There are your guys. So you want to see them do well, especially if you invested in some of them. And you're right. If somebody goes out and dunks on somebody for 300 yards, maybe it's not that impressive, but it still kind of is. In a I sense, mean, yeah. No, in a definite sense, because if you think about it, yeah, maybe they're playing second stringers, but they're also playing with second and third stringers. And if you can still perform well in those conditions, theoretically, that might translate to if you have – Better guys around you, you can do well against the better, you know, defenses or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. Plus, again, these guys are playing for their jobs, both sides of the ball. So, like, they're going, they're going ham. They're still trying. It matters to them. They yeah. st- these guys still want to show up. I think Plus, it matters to like the second and third stringers, second stringers, and past that. I think. Other than that, it nobody wants matter. to lose. Yeah. You know exactly. But and, I don't think it matters though. Like in, in the if you lose in preseason, it doesn't matter. So uh, it does though. If you play, you play pickup games. If you lose, you're furious. Yeah, personally, I'm That's, mad. It's personally to we're, them. we're talking from a fan perspective. We're not talking if we're actually playing from okay. a fan perspective. So, it doesn't matter. So I'll, I'm going to take a guy, um, Elijah Moore. Okay. Rookie year had some hype coming in. Had a great rookie year. Great end of his rookie year. Values were pretty good. You know, he had value throughout all his cards, all his autographs. Second year comes out. People are talking about, okay, Garrett Wilson's there. This team could be good. And he absolutely had a, almost – other than, if, if it wasn't for Zach Wilson being on his team, there was nobody on his team that did worse for his value than him. Mm-hmm. He didn't like how he was being used. He complained. He got benched a game. He barely caught any passes. And his value now is was terrible. Yeah. Fast forward, here we are a year later. You're starting to see his values creep up a little bit because he got traded to Cleveland – Puff pieces are going out everywhere. How good he is! How much they're going to use him in the thing? In the he's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, everyone is. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, you're seeing his values creep up a little bit. People want to go see him go out and play two series and have three catches for 50 yards. Will I do anything for that though? Absolutely, right. absolutely would, would, will make a difference because people are are seeing an opportunity to buy low on a guy who they still believe in. Um, you know. A guy like DJ Moore, who has always kind of flirted right around, you know, is he worthwhile to have autographs and stuff like that? Now, all of a sudden, he got shipped to Chicago. He's playing with Justin Fields, and there's a new pairing there. And, you know, people are kind of like, oh, this could be his chance to really take the jump and be one of those top 10 receivers in the league. So 
people just want people want to see something. They just want to see that 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 spark, that play, that series where they go out there and go, "Yep, that's the guy. Right. I'm investing in him because he's going to be it." Yeah, that's very fair too. Um, I agree with that completely. Um, it's just like you said, people are just hanging on for because that's how the market is. It's, it's like. All right, I like this guy because everybody, yes, everybody knows you can invest in your quarterbacks and this, that, all the big names. But it's like people, I think people like taking that guy who isn't there yet and being in on the bottom floor. Kind of like when you get that band that you like oh, before they what, blow up. So you're going to see them for like 20 bucks. And now, mm-hmm. like, here you are five years later and it costs $200 to get into their right. show or something like that. Right, no, absolutely. So it's just about getting in on the ground floor there, mm-hmm. too. I and know that feeling. How much money do you think people have invested in Kyle Trask? And Baker Mayfield right now. Too much. One of these guys gonna be a backup. Way too much. One of these guys gonna be a backup quarterback in literally three weeks. But if you're holding a bunch of one of the guys, you are sitting there going, "Hey, I need Baker to go. He's he's uh, starting the first game. I need him to perform this game." And there's a guy sitting across from you who has Kyle Trask saying, "I hope Baker sucks, mm-hmm. and I want Trask coming in game two because people people have pro- there's." Especially Baker, because he had such a value before. There's people who have tens of thousands of dollars of Baker Mayfield cards that need him Yikes. to that need him to play well to make their, their say like very well in yeah. order to make that money back. Like he has to have almost like a MVP hey, season. Joe, what are, what's the value? What's the market right now on Jordan Love? Probably higher than it should be. <laughs> so, but there's a guy. There's a ton of people collecting Jordan Love. Ton of people buying him up at the national. Best autograph thinking, in the game. Thinking that he's going to be the guy. Guess what? People are going to make decisions on him with how he plays in the preseason. Now, he can change that in week two, three, and have whatever, but people, the market will adjust depending on how he does in the preseason because people are going to start going, ooh, maybe I should start selling off some of this, or, hey, I need to buy more because he's going to be the guy. Yeah, that, that's a really good example. And, yeah, Jordan Law is definitely too high when we have – Cards that I think like a year, two years ago were like fifty bucks or like seven hundred bucks now. It's when your insane. autograph incorporates a heart, it has to go up. His last name's Love. You got to do that. But, but it yeah. has to go up. But you put a heart, and the only way it gets better is if he colors in the heart. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yes, it's true. awesome. But you know, you have the same things with Sam Howell, Sam Howell, and Jacoby Brissett. What's going to happen there? People are buying Sam mm-hmm. Howell. You know, reports are that he's going to be good. What's going to happen? Desmond Ritter, another guy. They went out and got weapons for him. What's going to happen? Bijan's there, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. That's a great one, two, three at your skill positions. What's going to happen there? So people people pay attention because they want to so, yeah. they want to be because you don't want to be the last one holding your Desmond Ritter cards if he sucks. Right. You want to make sure that you're like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should. He looks bad in the priest. Maybe I should start divesting some now. Um, were you doing this when Josh Allen? Because because we're Bills fans. Were you doing this when Josh Allen was in the preseason? Or were you kind of like, eh, we're gonna have to wait till the regular season to see how it goes? So I will tell you that you could buy Josh Allen rookie autographs for fifty dollars for a long no, I, time. I know that, but like, were you doing the same thing that other? I guess like watching his preseason games and being like, oh, this is the guy. Oh yeah, you're definitely watching that, and you're you know, you you try not to get caught up in the hype, and you have to kind of trust your your gut and and the market really and just not over invest in certain players right. you know um like i said there's so many i think quarterbacks obviously because they have the most value but there's so many quarterbacks in that weird place this year mac jones is is, is he going to take the step and be the guy is he not justin fields is probably seventh most 
uh, expensive quarterback to buy right now. Mm-hmm. Is he any good? Are the Bears going to be any good? Who knows? Right. Trevor Lawrence. I just don't see that panning of the preseason helping that out, though. It's because people you don't want to you don't want to be the last one there, and you whether it be selling be the last one to sell him when he's down or the last one to buy him when he's hot. Yep, so you want so this From is industry your, aspect. Yeah. So so this is when you this is when you look at guys and start making your decisions like who maybe I should hold my I'm gonna hold you know Trevor Lawrence last year. People were like I, I think we like him. He he actually played pretty good in the preseason. Mm-hmm. People held him and now he's taken off and now he's behind. Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. He's probably the most expensive quarterback right now. Yep. So here's a question for you. You mentioned uh, Baker Mayfield not too long ago and how people used to have tens of thousand dollars invested in him and definitely lost money on him. So they just have Baker cards that are worth nothing now compared to when they got him. Who makes people more money if they have a comeback season? If Baker leads the Bucks to the division title in the playoffs, or if Sam Darnold takes over in San Francisco and does amazing and leads them to a division title. That's a great question. <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, I mean, part of it's going to be how they play. If if Darnold, if they win and they make the playoffs because their defense is phenomenal and Darnold's just a guy, you know. Yeah. But but if they both say they both play really well, mm-hmm. I would say Baker probably has a little bit more value just because I feel like he's more marketable. He is more likable. I think more people in the hobby would collect him than Darnold. So I would say Baker probably has a bit of a higher ceiling. Um, but I would actually say the comparison would be Baker, Trey Lance. Okay. Because I think Darnold's done enough, unfortunately done enough damage to his, his, <laughs> his value. He was on the Panthers. I like how you he was on the yeah. Jets and then he was on the Panthers. I, was, I wanted to try to like say it he elegantly. He started like 4-0 with the Panthers, by yeah. the way. It's the Panthers. I know, but people bought him. He was. He I, I understand people bought him, but it's the Panthers. But yeah, I was I was trying to feel an elegant way of saying that. Uh, but I think it's Trey Lance because there's still a ton of people that believe in Trey Lance that have spent tens of thousands of dollars on Trey Lance. And they're if, definitely holding, too. and they're holding because they, you know, there's still a ton of talent there that we haven't seen because keeps getting hurt. So that's to me is, I th- I think if I was to rank him, I think Lance probably still has the highest ceiling, uh, followed by Baker, followed by Darnold. Okay, so with the season coming up, who would you consider has the best potential for we'll call it like card comeback player of the year, somebody who's actually in a spot where they can play again after their their values took a dip mm-hmm. and if they perform well not not not, not including the guys you just mentioned because i guess baker might be that guy overall. baker probably would be the first guy that pops in <laughs> so so I, I was so someone else yeah yeah so last year we, we talked about geno smith was that guy who all mm-hmm. of a sudden his value had none and now all of a sudden he has rookie autos that have value again yeah. i i hate to say it because of obviously it's the personal and the baggage it's the sean watson okay um he probably has a he probably has a cap on his ceiling because I think at the end of the day, there's still enough people that probably are not buying Deshaun Watson because of the off field stuff. But you look at the Browns team, they could be really good this year. And Deshaun Watson before the suspension and before all this other stuff was probably a top five quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. And he had a ton of value. And then obviously all that other stuff happened. Um doesn't have nearly as much value. And he he could still be that same guy and come out and be really, really good. Um, so he's probably the guy that I think has the best potential to take a huge leap. How do you feel about if Odell falls out completely like he used to do 
for Baltimore. Doesn't get hurt, just leads the league in receiving and just goes nuts. How high do you think his value could go? So he's, he, he's an exception to the rule for wide receivers. Okay. So usually wide receivers, you have a little bit more of a cap. They're not like quarterbacks. But him, because of his personality, because of his, the way he plays. One-handed catches. He he kind of transcends that. And he I think he's a great opportunity to take off and have a ton of value. He actually surprisingly always kind of kept his value. So a lot of the receivers, they get hurt kind of like he did, a.k.a. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was the best receiver in football for two, three years. And his bones crumbled. Yeah, and then, and then he was terrible. And he doesn't have really any value. Odell's stuff kind of held a little bit because he's just – I think he, through everything else that he does, is transcend sports because people who don't watch sports and don't watch football know who Odell is. Mm-hmm. So going into the season, would you consider him a big buy? Would you buy Odell then? I still have concerns about the passing offense in Baltimore for him to be that guy. He's got an MVP quarterback. What are you talking about? He's an MVP because of what he does <laughs> – with his legs and his arms, not just throwing the ball. Okay. Um, I also think that he probably has more competition for targets than he's ever had. Um, Cause obviously Mark Andrews is still one of the best tight ends in the league. Fair. Got Zay um, Flowers on the team. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Zay Flowers fan. I think he's going to do a lot. Um, and Rashad Bateman is still a very good receiver. Sure is. Um, obviously we'll see. He, he, I think he's banged up right now again, um, but that that's that's a really good team, I think, uh, weapon wise. So I don't know if he's ever going to get that target share to go be top five, ten receiver in the NFL. I'd I'd personally rather invest in a Garrett Wilson or, or Chris Olave at the same price. I like Garrett. Wilson. Well, you kind of maybe then you just gave me the answer. The next question I was going to ask you: Well, give me your NFL preseason going into it. Who's your best? Who's somebody you would say? Who's your number one buy and who's your number one sell? Before we get into it, so I. I know it sounds dumb. My number one buy is still Jalen Hurts. Okay. Um, I look at the NFC, and they are just devoid of top quarterbacks. Oh, um, I agree. Like, if you look at the top ten quarterbacks, eight of the ten are probably in the AFC. Um, the Eagles did nothing to really make their team worse. They went out, had a really good draft. Um, a really good draft. A really <laughs> good a draft. Really defensive. You know, they, they lost Miles Sanders. Oh, wait, we're going to get DeAndre Swift. Like, that team is loaded for bear, and I think they're the favorite in the NFC again. So I still think he's kind of low <clears throat> compared to where he I think he should be. Right. Um, and my sell, I'm going to actually do a direct comparison, is Justin Herbert. I really like Herbert, but – I've been waiting for this train. People start dumping Herbert. Start it's not Herbert. that you dump Herbert, but the problem is he has to dethrone Patrick Mahomes to really get the value that he's getting – that his cards cost right now. Um, and maybe they do that, but it's, that's a tough sell. And to me, he has to win a division to be worth what his cards are worth now. I don't think that's the case. I feel like he just has to win a playoff game. I know they had that horrible upset against a different, you know, card hobby love of, you know, Trevor Lawrence and stuff, but like Herbert's really good. The problem for him has been that his team consistently falls apart around him. You know, Mike Williams, Mike Williams is good for five games a year, it feels like. You know, Keenan Allen's probably already pulled his hamstring. And I love Keenan Allen. Dude's always hurt, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, Eckler's good, but he's got his thing going on. But the defense gets hurt, too. Like, the Chargers in general just crumble around him. And, like, if they all stay healthy for once, I think Herbert is just – I think everybody's like, oh, yeah, never mind. Herbert is really good. He'll put up the numbers. Plus, 
the colors on his patches are the prettiest. Yeah, <laughs> they right. really and, are. And, You're right. and don't take me don't take this as me thinking that Herbert shouldn't be valued well because I think he is. Like I said top ten quarterbacks in the AFC. He's probably six or seven on that list uh, for best quarterbacks. So he's really really good. I just where his value is his his value for similar cards to Jalen Hurts are more expensive than Jalen Hurts, and he's done less. No, I get it. I understand. I just don't think that he needs to win his division for his price to I go mean, up. Because, A, he's beaten Patrick Mahomes head-to-head. He's done it a couple times, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, winning the division's hard because, again, the Chiefs are really, really good. You know, and like I said, the Chargers are falling apart. If he, they would have won that playoff game last year, they were up, what, 28 nothing, 27 nothing. What were they up? It doesn't matter. Yeah, the point is they were up big. If they would have just continued steamrolling the Jags, the conversation yeah. of Herbert and Lawrence might be flipped right now. Yeah, you know, you, that's you just a good don't. point. So they're on their way. They just, you know, the Chargers chargered, unfortunately. Yeah. And sometimes he can't fight like history and curses and all that jazz. Believe me, we know all about curses here. We you can't fight yeah. it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the Herbert hate is a little too much right now. People like saying things like, he's not a very good quarterback. He's like Philip Rivers or something like that. Those are dumb people whose opinions you shouldn't be really like worried about right now. Yeah. Like give I, him a little I, more time. I mean He's not going to fall off. I just, I like I said, I think he has a little more. I think he, the the between Hertz and and Herbert, I think that's why I get that comparison. It's fair. The guys that I'm I'm more concerned about the floor falling out of would be someone like Desmond Ritter, who I kind of talked about. I am staying away from all San Francisco quarterbacks. One, fair. you know they're going to get hurt because mm-hmm. that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Two, you know they're replaceable. Yeah, like <laughs> in the offense. So you know, everyone loves Brock Purdy. He saved a lot of the football products last year, being the guy. Um, but his value seems too high to me. Um, Trey Lance, listen, he might end up being really good, and I might miss the boat completely. Um, I know Tyler's really big Trey Lance fan. That should tell you all I need to know. <laughs> um, but he scares me. I don't know if he'll ever start for an NFL franchise again. Um, and then, as I said earlier, Jordan Love is another guy that has me a little bit uneasy with how expensive his cards are right now. All right, cool. Last question because we we got to get going on final thoughts in a minute. Last player to talk about if you're buying or selling or what you're going to do with them. Kenny Pickett. Because mm. the market on Kenny is, woo. Yeah, he's a, he's a weird one. Um, his low-end stuff isn't that expensive, but his high-end stuff is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's, there's not a lot of middle ground. Like, if you're buying a really nice Kenny Pickett, you're paying a ton of money. If you want just a base-level Kenny Pickett auto, you can pick them up for, like, 150 bucks. Yep. Crazy. So, so he's someone that I would invest in, but I'd not, not heavily. I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a superstar in the league. Um, He does play for the Steelers, which helped, which always is a good market. Mm-hmm. He has a good coaching staff. They're going to be relevant. You know, they're not going to go out and be terrible because they're always right around that nine, 10 win mark. Mm-hmm. He's got good weapons on top of it. Like- yeah. So I, I would buy, but I would, I probably wouldn't be going out and buying, Three thousand dollar one hundred and one shields. Oh wait, that's what I did at the national. So <laughs> we can't have you buy it. <laughs> so I told we you we need to take the money out of your hands. Listen, I told you the high end stuff. His is Guys really high. I, listen, of all those quarterbacks last year, I think Kenny Pickett by far is is the guy to invest in if you're investing in one. For sure, for sure. Okay, well we got to get out of here, so we got to move right to final thoughts here. Patrick, uh, we're gonna start with you, bud. What you got? Uh, so I am super excited for the NFL, which is 27 days away. Um, I have started my uh, my season at home. Started watching some football movies that kind of get me in. That's how you start your season. You just Absolutely. Start- I, I'm like the kid from the Little Giants, so I'm putting on eye black. And you know, I'm here to pump. 
you up. <laughs> I pl- I'll play Monday Night Football theme songs all up until kickoff. Uh, the other day, my fiance looked at me. She's like, "I wish th- I wish football was on right now." And I would just you cemented that your dad. Oh my god, your cold feet went away. Oh my god, like, I love. I don't think I'm going to do this. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the guy that plays defense in his in his living room when the Knicks are on. Oh, dude, I am a yeah, spectacle when sports are on, dude. It's, it's just a spectacle. She's, she's just sitting there on the couch, and I'm in front of the TV. <laughs> whatever sports on and I'm just yelling at the TV, but I just get so excited around this time. I grew up a football fan. I grew up a football player. I grew up in a, uh, my dad was a football coach, just kind of always been around it. And around this time of the season, when the, when the weather changes, everything just seems right. And I cannot wait for the next 27 days to go by. So I can get to that (laughs) feeling again and be ready for kickoff. And I hope you are all excited as much as I am, because I am, jacked up right now i could put someone through a wall like terry tate office oh, linebacker <laughs> thomas what you got bud so I'm, I'm gonna go uh movie related i know i do that a lot um yes, i took took my kids to see the new teenage mutant ninja turtle movies Ooh. and i will tell you that though they didn't completely understand everything they are now obsessed with ninja turtles which All makes right. me a happy father of course. um it was it was a fun it was a fun movie it was a little bit different than what I kind of expected, but it was a lot of fun. And now my kids, uh, I got them action figures that they play with all the time. Nice. They want my two sons want to be Ninja Turtles for Halloween. So it takes me to go with Splinter. Thank you. I was just about <laughs> to ask that. So, so I was looking because we're going down to Disney in the beginning of October. So we're doing the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. Awesome. So the kids can dress up. And it's not for the kids. It's for him. Yeah, just so, so you guys know. <laughs> 100%. But I was like, oh, maybe I'll go as Casey Jones. Because I didn't want to be not like, cool as Casey Jones. You're, well, well, you're old master splinter. Right you're the, now, okay? Yeah. You're, you're, Casey you're Jones had father. abs. You have the opposite of abs. You're the but, father. you got to go with splinter. But, you, you, but like, I wasn't going to wear a big splinter costume. Like, it's going to be 85 degrees in Florida. So I thought, you know, Casey Jones could be something that's not too heavy. Uh, but you can't wear any masks, which kind of undoes the Casey Jones thing. Because if you're not wearing the hockey mask, are you really Casey Jones? Uh, um, no, so, no, you're not. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna go as sure. yet. But um, my sons are gonna go as um, Leonardo and Michelangelo. Just go as another turtle. Yeah, I could. I could. Whole, the whole squad should do it. Well, this What's is your daughter. Well, do well, this, well, let's let's talk about this. You know, you have kids. <laughs> they change what they love as soon as something else oh, comes yeah. on. So literally two weeks ago. The whole family was doing this Mario, and my daughter was going as Princess Peach. My two sons were going Mario and Luigi. Oh, my were you Bowser? <clears throat> Had to be. No, my wife was going to be Bowser, and I was going as Yoshi. That's what my kids decided. We oh, were. Well, they made the call. Yeah, they made the call. Yeah, yeah. But that was what the whole family was going to do, and now it's Ninja Turtles. My daughter does not want to do Ninja Turtles. She still wants to do something princessy, which is great. I'm not. Absolutely. But, but I have no idea what we're going to do now. So she goes April O'Neil. It's fine. That's That's perfect. She wants to go as Tinkerbell at the moment. We'll see. Well, hopefully. Julia Roberts Tinkerbell? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we'll be in Disney. It makes sense. It does, absolutely. All right. Um, That was a nice episode of Tom Goes to the Movies. Uh, Now for our favorite episode of Joe Rants About Things. (laughs) College football, get your shit together. I'm sorry, but I am absolutely over conference realignment and all this other jazz that comes with it. It is dumb as hell that you know usc and ucla are going to the big 10 which is all the midwest schools like that doesn't make any sense like who else just moved out was it washington and oregon they're moving on like Mm -hmm. everybody's leaving the pac-12 is essentially nobody it's stanford and 
us, I think. Yeah. So, like, none of this makes any sense. It was cool a little while ago when, like, some of the teams that were really good from, like, the non-Power 5 conferences jumped up to the Power 5s and, and they got to play each other. That was all fine because when they did some realignment, the big rivalry game still happened. So those things happened. Everything was still cool. But now you hear, like, Oh, like Oregon's not going to play Oregon State. Washington's not going to play Washington State. Like all these other like storied rivalries, which is like part of the best part of college football. Mm -hmm. They're just gone. For what? Money. And the thing people don't realize is that I believe we're in a scenario where like Rutgers could be playing people on the West Coast. Rutgers is in New Jersey, by the way. And I believe it was the Iowa coach for football who came straight out and said, yeah, this is, you know, like maybe great for like the fans and and, like for matchups and stuff. He goes, but it's really dumb for student athletes. He goes, did anybody ask like the baseball teams, the softball teams, the cross country teams? Cause they all get affected too. And he pointed out like, yeah, football guys, they're going to be okay. They fly to a game. They play, they fly out later. It doesn't matter. They're not on a timetable. They're basically superstars, you know, but these other guys, the baseball players, your softball players, they go to class, they get on a plane. They could theoretically be, let's just say you're in Iowa and you got to go play Washington. So I got to fly to Washington play a game, get on a flight a couple hours later, fly all the way back all in the same day, and then be expected to wake up and go to class because they're not as privileged as the football players are. And that's going to happen to a lot of people that are going to get boned. And nobody thought about it. I get it. College football is big, big money. It's a huge money. But either they got to start figuring anything out where football is just separate from everyone else. Do your own conferences. That's what what it should be. Absolutely. But And then everybody else can like stay their regular – Sports, Big Ten, whatever, whatever. Because a lot of people are getting just boned by this. Notre Dame does it. Just to break in real quick, Notre Dame's independent. Basketball, ACC. Right. Everything else is they ACC. Sh- so you yeah. should be able to pick if you want. Right. And I will say, like, part of the reason I always hated Notre Dame is because they do that, the independent thing. And it's just like it's a it, – that always made it feel like a we're better than everybody else type thing. And they but are. they're not. Because they're not. But that's another time because, you know, whatever. We won't, we won't go down this road. The point is that's how it comes across. Now it's at a point where – College football needs to be more like that. Yeah. Schedule your games against your big schools. Figure it out. However you want to do it. Figure out conferences that have nothing to do with the other sports because you're just, again, people are catching strays that they shouldn't be. You know, they're just. It doesn't matter. The unintended consequences might be a little more important than what's happening to football. Football will always be fine. To me, I completely agree with everything you just said. And you have to go back, I think, to where conferences mean something. And get these schools, get them, get them playoff. You're, you're expanding the playoffs to eight teams. Do something where you have these the playoffs locked in where you don't have to do all these other things. Um, but it's it's ridiculous. Like you said, a lot of, you know, basketball games on a Tuesday night, you're going to fly six hours, play a game, and go to class the next day. It's it's terrible for everybody. Um, and NIL deals are just going to make it worse. And this has been Joe's Final Thought, brought to you by Tom Hughes. No, You're I'm, welcome. I'm kidding. Uh, everything you said is accurate. That's all I'm going to complain about right now because, well, it's a big thing, and I think just it's dumb. Like, they can figure something out for football. No, Rain's been doing it forever. I know. It'd be fine to have everybody else do it. We'll figure it it's out. It's smart. We got to go. We're already a couple. We're always only a couple minutes over schedule, but we got to go because you got to go. You got to go celebrate or at least forget. Celebrate kill every brain cell you have, all Come six on. of them. Well, congratulations, Patrick. Have a fucking blast tonight. Um, We'll be at work figuring stuff out. Guys, thank you for listening. Um, We appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.